All right. Good morning and welcome to our Bible prophecy update. On Sunday mornings we have two services, the first of which is our weekly Bible prophecy update. And then second service is the sermon. It's a verse by verse study through the Word of God. We're currently in the book of Hebrews. And today we're going to answer from the text, chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, the question of, do I really have faith? And the way we're going to answer that question is by first explaining what faith is, what faith does, and what faith has in terms of its application to our lives. And that will be live streamed at 11.15 a.m. Hawaii time. We would encourage you to join with us at that time. But we need to get right to it. Got a lot to get to today. So for today's update, once again, I'm going to borrow from yet another well-known idiom. This time it's that of one not seeing the forest for the trees. You've heard this one. You've used this one. Not seeing the forest for the trees means that one cannot see the big picture of the forest because they're too focused on what's right in front of them, namely the tree. If you'll kindly allow me to, I'd like to talk with you about this idiom. And I want to do so from a prophetic perspective related to everything that is happening today. I want to start by defining the tree. The tree is that which we are faced with and focused on, specifically the intensifying mandates and increasing restrictions. As for the forest, or if you prefer big picture, that can be defined as that which is not yet clearly in focus by virtue of its unseen vast expanse just over the horizon. In other words, the tree represents what we see in the here and now, whereas the forest represents what we don't see beyond and after. Now we have a problem, and that problem is that we get so caught up in the tree that's in front of us in the here and now, and in so doing, we lose perspective and are really blinded to the entirety of the forest ahead. There is a solution to this problem, and the solution is one needs to know about the big picture of the forest ahead, because it can have a profound impact on how we see the tree of here and now. It's when we step back from that tree 
that we're able to see what's on the horizon. And when we do that, it can change everything. I am keenly aware that I run the risk of coming off as overly dramatic when I say this, but I say it nonetheless. This is a matter of life and death. And by life and death, I'm speaking of eternity such that knowing what's ahead can mean the difference between heaven or hell. That's what's at stake here. And the reason is there are two big pictures. And these two big pictures are predicated upon the person of Jesus Christ and whether or not one is saved or not. The big picture for the saved is the imminent rapture of the church. And the big picture for those not saved is seven years of tribulation. Actually, we have this evil and horrific picture of the seven years of tribulation painted on the canvas of the book of Revelation, specifically chapters 6 through 19, which are all about this period known as the seven years of tribulation, aka the time of Jacob's trouble, trouble, Daniel's 70th week. That one period of time, seven years in length, and it's called the seven-year tribulation. And it's foretold in the book of Revelation. However, <laughs> prior to this seven-year tribulation, we're already beginning to see if we step back from the tree, what's on the horizon, what's coming, not too far off, very close in fact. And sadly, what we're beginning to see is a global genocide, a global genocide. Isn't that perky? For those interested, we did an update seven months ago, actually almost to the day on February 7th, titled The Ten Stages of Genocide. Now, at the time, these ten stages were eerily similar to what was happening then, back in February. However, Today, it's not eerily similar. It's exactly what's happening now in September. Particularly stages 7, 8, and 9, which are preparation, persecution, and extermination of the population by way of a strong deception deception. This is Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Let me read beginning in verse 9. 
the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Thessalonica by the Holy Spirit, says, verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. And here's why. It's because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false, the lie, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. This prophecy in 2 Thessalonians comports with prophecies in Revelation concerning this wicked deception and strong delusion. Would you agree that this wicked deception and strong delusion seems to already be here in real time? And if that weren't bad enough, it's on a global scale. And it's the likes of which the world has never seen before, nor will ever see again. And here's how I get there. The deception we're already seeing now is an indication of just how close we are to the seven-year tribulation, which is the last seven years of human history as we know it. Enter Revelation chapter 13. In Revelation 13, we have the image of the beast, the worship of the beast, and last but not least, the mark of the beast. Now, it should be noted that the prophecy in Revelation 13 presupposes that the technology exists to mark, verify, and track the entire population. Right? So much so that those who aren't digitally identified and verified, that's very important, hang on to verified. We're going to need that in a moment. Those who aren't digitally identified and verified as having received this mark upon their hands or foreheads are put into concentration camps slash quarantine centers and or subsequently put to death. 
from what we're told in the book of Revelation, those who refuse are those who were not deceived, whereas those who did not refuse were those who were deceived. This is Revelation 13, 14. Listen. Because of the signs it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth. Stop right there. Did you catch that? The entire earth, the whole world, the entire globe, the inhabitants of the earth, all of them were deceived. And it ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Now fast forward to Revelation chapter 19. We see it again in a different context, because now we're at the end of the seven-year tribulation. And by the way, let me hasten to say that in chapters 6 through 19 of Revelation, these chapters that deal with the seven-year tribulation, you will not find the word church mentioned even one time. Why? Why is the word church not mentioned in chapters 6 through 19 of Revelation dealing with the seven-year tribulation? Because, wait for it, <laughs> the church is not in the tribulation. If the church was in the tribulation, yeah, then you could do that. I'll do that. I won't do it in front of the mic. <laughs> If the church were in the tribulation, wouldn't it stand the reason that you would find the word church mentioned in the chapters that describe in horrific detail what happens during the seven-year tribulation? I'm sorry, I'm yelling. One more thing, by the way. Um, chapters 1 through 3. The church is mentioned there 19 times. Chapter 4, verse 1, no mention. Oh, interesting, chapter 4, Revelation, verse 1. John is told to come up hither at the sound of the trumpet, and he's taken up to heaven, and he's shown from heaven being caught up hither. You, you know what that is, right? Do I need to tell you? It's the rapture. <laughs> and Jesus says, come up here so I can show you what is going to happen after these things. Metatauta in the Greek. After what things? Oh, after the events of chapters 1 through 3. What are the events of chapters 1 through 3? Well, chapter 1 is the eyewitness account of Jesus Christ crucified, buried, resurrected, and glorified, seated at the right hand of the Father, past. Chapters 2 and 3, present. You know where we're living at right now in terms of revelation chronologically? We're like at the very 
and I mean the Nat's eyebrow, and yes, Nat's have eyebrows, of the very end of Revelation chapter 3. And that last drop is about to drip, and that trumpet is about to sound, and we are on the cusp of Revelation 4.1, which is the rapture of the church. And then once John is taken up, hither, <laughs> caught up, raptured up, he's shown what's going to happen after the events of the church age, which is present, chapters 2 and 3. Seven letters to seven churches. That's the church age. And then after the events of chapters 2 and 3, the church, the church is caught up, taken up, and then everything that happens after that is yet future. In fact, from chapter 4, verse 1 of Revelation, all the way through to chapter 22 of Revelation, are all yet future. And chapters 6 through 19 deal very specifically and explicitly with that period of time known as the seven-year tribulation. Now when you fast forward to Revelation 19, verse 20, this is what we read. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which, listen very carefully, he deceived those who received the mark of the beast, and those who worshiped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now we have a question that I would like to try and answer. The question is, how can people be so deceived, having believed, that they should receive this mark? Is that a fair question? Answer, they really must not have seen that they really had any choice by virtue of the fact that they can't earn money and buy food without it. Thus, they're deceived and believe that if they have it, receive it, their lives can get back to normal. Not knowing that they're damned forever. Revelation 14 verses 9 through 11. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented 
with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Thankfully, this has not happened yet because we're not in the tribulation yet. However, it's starting to happen now. Prior to the tribulation, which is an indication of how close we are to the tribulation. I want to expound on this, but in order to do that, we'll go ahead at this time and end the live stream on YouTube and Facebook and redirect you to jdfarag.org for the remainder of the uncensored update. What follows are reports locally, nationally, and globally, all of which point to the reality of what's now happening prophetically. Please know that I in no way wish to fuel fear in anyone's heart and mind. Rather, I only wish to apprise you of just how close we really are. And by close, I don't mean sometime in the not too distant future, but based on Bible prophecy, it's just on the horizon. That's how close. I'll begin locally with this publication on Monday in Hawaii Magazine with the headline, You'll need to be vaccinated or COVID-19 negative to enter Oahu businesses. Dallas, you know all about this, but just allow me to quote from this. Oahu restaurants will now only allow dine-in customers who can show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test. So beginning September 13th, now this is interesting. So this is a week from tomorrow. Of course, the rapture could happen before the 13th. <laughs> so I don't know what it is about this date, but I uh, learned that there are other places, not just in the U.S., but in Canada, for example, that are also starting this on Monday, September 13th. So beginning September 13th, anyone who wants to enter a restaurant, gym, bar, movie theater, or other Oahu businesses will need to show proof 
of vaccination or a negative FDA approved molecular or antigen test taken in the last 48 hours. The requirement also extends to employees, full or part-time, interns, volunteers, and contractors who work with these restaurants or businesses. The city's safe access Oahu program, oh, it just sounds so, oh, safe access. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually. The city's safe access Oahu program will remain in effect for 60 days. Yeah, right. In addition, restaurants and bars on Oahu have to stop serving alcohol at 10 p.m. So just, you might want to make a note of that. <laughs> How will this work? You will have to show proof of vaccination, listen to this, either the actual card or a photo of it at the door of these establishments. Oh, where can I get me one of them there cards? Sorry. Actually, no, I'm not sorry, because <laughs> it actually <laughs> is germane to what we're going to talk about here in a moment. Some businesses may opt to use an app. The mayor said businesses that don't enforce the new rules could face fines or even temporary closure. Businesses include restaurants, bars, gyms, bowling alleys, indoor dining areas at shopping malls, including food courts, pool or billiard halls, movie theaters, museums, and inside areas of botanical gardens, the aquarium zoo, public and private pools, shooting or archery ranges, ranges go-kart and mini golf venues, and other recreational areas. Did you get that? And then they say this, and And I want you to listen as I quote this. Grocery stores and outdoor farmers markets are exempt. Close quote. For now. That was locally on Monday, but nationally on Tuesday. California, of all states, is not yet doing what Hawaii is now doing, which is usually the other way, right? Newsmax published a report about how the California vaccine verification bill has died, quote, for now. Here's some of what the article had to say. A proposed vaccine verification bill in California has died, but 
efforts for a stronger push are still circulating. If passed, the bill would have required all employers, public or private, to have their employees show proof of vaccination or submit to a weekly COVID-19 test. Listen, if you're in California and you want to do that, come to Hawaii, because starting on Monday the 13th, you'll have to do that. The legislation calling for mandates was to be packaged in the bill AB 455, which was initially meant to add a bus lane to the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge. Really? But last week, lawmakers said they were working on more sweeping legislation that would require patrons who wish to attend restaurants, gyms, bars, theaters, and other places to show vaccine verification. This would be the broadest mandate in the country. Ah, we beat you. <laughs> Further details are expected on the bill this week. Well, this brings me to the global movement towards digital documentation of one's COVID-19 status brought to you by none other than the World Health Organization, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and the Rockefeller Foundation. Here's a quote from this announcement. Historically, paper-based vaccination records have presented many challenges such as the possibility of losing or damaging the card, or even the possibility of fraud. The proposed digital solutions are designed to address these challenges. This announcement was just nine days ago on Friday, August the 27th, and the announcement was released in concert with a downloadable 99-page PDF file titled Digital Documentation of COVID-19 Certificates, Vaccination Status, Technical Specifications, and Implementation Guidance. Uh, the links are there on the website if you're interested in downloading them. I did. And I went through it. And I want to draw your attention to figure 15 on page 49 pictured here. It illustrates, and this is very important, how that the digital signature verification works. Interestingly, but not surprisingly, it works using blockchain technology, which we know today by way of cryptocurrency. The reason I point this out is because Bill Gates, via Microsoft Technology Licensing LLC, 
filed a patent for W O twenty twenty zero six zero six zero six cryptocurrency system using body activity data. And this patent was filed, wait for it, on June 20th, 2019. How did they know? Oh, they knew. Well, the coincidence, nah, not a coincidence. It was published by Patent Scope, as pictured here. Here's what the abstract says, and I quote, human body activity associated with a task provided to a user may be used in a mining process of a cryptocurrency system. A server may provide a task to a device of a user which is communicatively coupled to the server. A sensor communicatively coupled to or comprised in the device of the user may sense body activity of the user. Body activity data may be generated based on the sensed body activity of the user. The cryptocurrency system communicatively coupled to the device of the user may, here's that word now, verify if the body activity data satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system and award cryptocurrency to the user whose body activity data is verified. Some of you are going, this is really technical. Bear with me. Back in 2017, my oldest son started teaching me about blockchain technology and blockchain miners, mining. Blockchain miners are a network of users with very powerful computers all over the world solving extremely complex computational math problems using an enormous amount of electricity and energy. Blockchain mining involves adding and verifying transactions to the existing blockchain ledger of transactions distributed among all users of a blockchain. Mining involves creating a hash of a block of transactions that cannot easily be forged, protecting the integrity of the entire blockchain without the need for a central system. These blockchain miners install and run a special blockchain mining software that enables their computers to communicate securely with one another. Once a computer installs the software, 
joins the network and begins mining cryptocurrency, it becomes what is called a node. Together, all these nodes communicate with one another and process transactions to add new blocks to the blockchain. Let me say it this way. Everything is verified by solving these extremely complicated computations mathematically. And once it's verified and authenticated, the block is then added to the blockchain. That is what blockchain technology is. It is a verification system to authenticate and validate that the signature on those transactions and that data is accurate and valid. Okay? Pastor J.D., with all due respect, that made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Okay, just a moment. Help me, Lord. I, I've been asking you all morning, all week actually. But <laughs> So, with cryptocurrency, as it is right now, when a transaction is implemented and somebody wants to buy and sell cryptocurrency, it has to be validated and authenticated. So you have all of these computers, very powerful computers, they use a lot of energy, by the way. They have to hash and, and arrive at this key, this number, in order to authenticate that the data is valid. And whatever that data is, it doesn't have to be a cryptocurrency exchange. The blockchain technology can be used for anything that requires verification. This World Health Organization announcement and guide of the implementation of a digital certification using blockchain technology. Do you know what that is? They're going to take this blockchain technology that is currently being used with smashing success, I might add, in the cryptocurrency world. And they're going to take that same technology and they're going to use it as a system of verification of vaccination. So there's no fraud. There's no way to get around it. Because once that block has been added to the blockchain, it's done. It's verified. You have a digital signature and you are verified. And hang in there. Instead of these powerful computers mining the data, the cryptocurrency, and being awarded with cryptocurrency for solving these mathematical problems. Well, this patent means that the software to do that and the energy to do that is in the body. Let me say that again because of the way you're looking at me right now. This is why it is, by the way, that Moderna 
on their website calls their vaccine the software of life. It's a software. It's a software. So right now with blockchain technology as it relates to cryptocurrency, they have these massive, by the way, you can, you can buy one of these and mine cryptocurrency if you want and try to make some money on it. Um, you'll need about $40,000 for an entry level computer that has the capability because the amount of computations per second that is required. And the more that is mined, the more complex it gets and the longer it takes. Right now, as in terms of Bitcoin, it takes about 10 minutes on average to solve one block that is added to the chain and mine cryptocurrency. So they have these, these mining farms, which are basically like you would imagine a farm to be, only these are computers <laughs> in these farms. And they use massive amounts of energy because of the computing power that is needed. Well, wouldn't you know that the power and the energy that God created in the human body, it can do the same thing. We just need to get the operating system installed. And then once it's installed, well, we got to connect it to the network. And then once the software is installed in the body, and then it's connected, the body, the person is connected to the network, then the body can start mining this crypto. Oh, and by the way, we'll, we'll pay you according, accordingly. And oh, I forgot to tell you the fine print here. See, this blockchain technology, this cryptocurrency is such that you're going to be connected to the network. And if you want to go into the store, you got to be scanned. First, you have to be verified and authenticated. And then once you're authenticated and verified, all that data is in that blockchain. So you go into the store to buy spicy ahi poke. <laughs> there is going to be spicy ahi poke in heaven. I'm, con I'm convinced of that. But, and you go in there and then you go to the counter, you know, you get, I get two pounds, Foodland, two pounds. <laughs> One pound, not enough. No rice, that's the carbs, I don't need that. Just, just give me the ahi. So two pounds, you know, you go to the counter, put it in. I say, you can go over a little bit if you want. Just stuff it in there. They give me the container. They put the barcode on there. And then I go to the checkout counter. And as I go through the checkout counter, I don't have a card. No, I just scan my hand, my forehand. And it instantly, vis-a-vis -vis blockchain technology, tells that computer whether or not I have enough to pay for it. Or actually, if my social credit score isn't high enough, 
they might embarrass me in front of everybody in the store and say, we have a problem at counter number three, you know. <laughs> you do not have enough to buy this. You're being penalized. Why am I being penalized? Oh, you posted misinformation on social media. How much should I get deducted? Yeah, basically everything. So you can't, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll have Auntie go buy the poke for me. No, you cannot. Because it's your unique digital ID. Everything will have a digital ID, not just everyone, everything. And that technology exists today by way of this blockchain technology. Um, one more thing. Did I already say one more thing? Okay, one more thing. I was talking with my son Elias about this, and actually we've been talking about this for years now, concerning this kind of technology. This is not human. You know, actually, if you, uh, and maybe you want to do this, start doing some of your own research on the origin, the genesis of Bitcoin. Apparently they have this guy, this name, nobody's met him, nobody knows if he exists, but apparently he's the one that invented Bitcoin and blockchain technology. Um, <laughs> My son was telling me that this is not just not human intelligence, nor is it artificial intelligence. This is satanic intelligence. Now stay with me on this. This is really important. Satan has imparted the intelligence to mankind because Satan knows about the human genome and DNA. And so he's imparted this intelligence and this technology to man for evil purposes. And I believe that's where this came from. This whole AI thing, my goodness, are you kidding me? You think man came up with that? No, these are demons. This is Satan that has imparted that kind of information and intelligence to man to carry out his purpose. What's his purpose? To destroy man and the image of man, because the image, key word, is the image of man is the image of God, because God made man in His image. That's why the Antichrist will have his image. And those who worship him will do so in his image. They will worship his image. See, Satan wants to destroy man because man was made in the image of God. How's he going to destroy man? Well, he has to alter man's DNA so they are no longer man, human. They are transhuman. And by the way, 
this is the fourth industrial revolution, the Great Reset, Klaus Schwab, the fourth industrial revolution is to merge man with machine, right here. Where now man is not only man, but man has been merged with machine, connected to the network, the human DNA altered. And that's why those who receive this mark in the seven-year tribulation will be doomed because they are no longer redeemable, because they're no longer human to redeem. Because Jesus became a man, fully God, fully man, to die for man, to redeem man. And Satan knows that. So if he can alter the DNA of man, you got him. That's the plan. That's what this is all about. Let's get back to our uh, forest <laughs> and that tree. Can we just step back? Okay, step back. Vaccination, verification, authentication, mandates. It's all right there in our face, in our face. I'm like, okay. I'm just going to step back and, well, if that's in my face here, <laughs> You know what that means is right there. See, and, and interesting in our study in Hebrews, and I'm almost done, and I, I appreciate your patience with me. Hebrews 11 verses 1 through 3, you know the, these verses. Faith. What is faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of that which is yet unseen. So here I am in front of this ugly tree, and I'm starting to really hate this tree. And so are you right now, right? <laughs> because it's just in my face, and it's keeping me from seeing the forest. And if I would but step back from that tree of the here and now, and see with the eyes of faith, What's on the horizon? Okay. That changes everything. That changes everything. Because if this is in my face now, and it is, and it's in your face now too, then I know what's coming. Because the closer this is, that ugly tree, <laughs> the closer the forest of the rapture is. This brings me full circle to how we began concerning these aforementioned two different big pictures predicated upon the person of Jesus Christ. 
the big picture for the saved is the imminent rapture of the church. It's not the big picture of seven years of tribulation. This because the church of Jesus Christ has to be removed before the Antichrist is revealed. This is why we're not in the seven-year tribulation. If we're in the seven-year tribulation, we miss the rapture. And I promise you on the authority of God's Word, we didn't miss the rapture. Actually, if you're interested, back on August 9th of last year, we devoted the entire prophecy update to a teaching on the rapture. It's titled, Pre-Tribulation Rapture Proof. Proof. Seven proofs as to why it is that the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ absolutely must happen before the seven-year tribulation. Proof. You can prove it in Scripture. It's case closed. It has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. If it doesn't, let me just take it a step further. If it doesn't, and we have some serious problems with the infallibility of God's Word. In fact, God forbid, but you better start tearing out pages in your Bible, starting all the way back in Genesis, by the way, and then Exodus, and then Leviticus, and then Numbers, and then Deuteronomy, and then Joshua, and then Judges, and then First and Second Chronicles, and First and Second Samuel, and First and Second Kings and Esther, and Job, and Psalms, and Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon, and Isaiah, where we're at on Thursday nights, by the way. Jeremiah, all the way through. And you can't stop at the end of the Old Testament. You've got to start in Matthew again, start ripping out pages. Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. You have to take out the entirety of First and Second Thessalonians. You can't have that in your Bible. Yeah. Oh, especially First Thessalonians. Are you kidding me? And then the book of Revelation. you got serious problems by the time you, if you can make it that far. You're basically going to have the cover and the contents left. <laughs> because Let me just say lastly, now is the time, and today is the day to get Jesus to people, and people to Jesus as fast as we can. You know what God is doing? In fact, I'm still praying and seeking the Lord about this, but God is bringing people to salvation because of this, in this, through this. The devil has meant it for evil, but God has meant it for good, for the salvation of many this day. 
This is why we do these updates. This is why we end with the gospel. This is why we explain the simple ABCs of salvation, just an explanation of salvation. What's the gospel? The gospel is good news. The good news is that Jesus came and He died for you. And He was buried and He rose again on the third day. And it's even better because He's coming back one day. That's the good news of salvation in the person of Jesus Christ. What are the ABCs? Well, it's just a simple explanation of salvation. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned. See, unless and until you acknowledge that you're a sinner, you're not interested in a Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 packages the bad news first with the good news. What's the bad news? Well, there's a penalty for sin. We've all sinned. So what's the penalty? Well, the wages, the penalty of sin is death. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How does that work? Because that death penalty that you were sentenced to, He came down and carried out for you instead of you. That's what the word gospel means. Good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free to go. That's what the word gospel means. The B, and this is central and key, is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, it could be said that it's simpler than ABC. It's as simple as B. The A is what brings you to the B to believe, and then out of the B comes the C to call. It's the expression of salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 13, this seals the deal. It says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. May I kindly and humbly ask that you allow me just a couple more minutes to share with you two very powerful stories that we received this last week. I think they will be an encouragement to you especially for those of you who have given up hope and your discouragement has given way to despair. I tell you, I, I, it's so heartbreaking when you hear the statistics of suicide. 
even more heartbreaking is the young people, many of whom have lost all hope. Well, this first story is from an online member who wishes to remain anonymous. Just wanted to share something with you all. Last week, my husband's mother was diagnosed with cancer. She got the V. She is a difficult and manipulative woman who abandoned him as a child. So as you can imagine how conflicting his emotions were upon her telling him and her requesting that we take the front row in her care. The next day we were scheduled to go on a five-hour road trip. I was driving him down to Wilmington, North Carolina to pick up a vehicle, and the spirit of strife was so thick in our car at the onset of the trip. Our AC went out. It's 90 degrees right now. Our dog threw up on the neck of our autistic daughter, and my husband just blew up. He lost his temper and was very unkind to both of us. He has spent the last week apologizing. I need to tell you some personal information about myself. I have struggled with suicidal thoughts for the last five years. The enemy whispers in my ear when I'm at my lowest, you are nothing. You ruin everything you touch. Everyone would be better off without you. I pray it away and have given it over to the Lord, but sometime I still struggle. Well, we pulled over at a rest stop to clean up, and I felt the enemy screaming in my ear, and I started to believe his lies. I even started planning how I would end it all. But God, I'm not kidding you. I looked up, and right in front of the rest stop was a billboard that said, Jesus is coming. And it had the ABCs of salvation and your website. It was just the nudge I needed to rebuke the enemy and remember that the Lord is in control and that He will never leave me nor forsake me, that I should never listen to the lies of the enemy, that Jesus is coming soon. I know you and your staff must be so weary. Does it show? <laughs> but please know that your little church is doing the Lord's work, lifting up the eyes of the weary, setting our hearts on Jesus. God bless you all. I want to thank whoever it was that put that billboard up in North Carolina. God knew at the exact moment. And I also want to take this opportunity and say, if you, like this precious sister in Christ, have allowed the enemy to do this to you. Maybe you're here today. I'm not going to look at anybody. <laughs> I'll look down. The Lord looks at the heart. The Lord knows your heart. It's not the answer. Jesus is the answer. It's not the answer. Jesus is the answer. The second one comes from Beth Lacascio. I sure hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She writes, Hi JD, I live in Southern California and am an online member of your congregation. I wanted to share a brief story with you. 
My adult daughter had to take her young child to a local ER due to the child being lethargic and weak. My daughter suspected it was due to dehydration. When my daughter walked into the ER, they immediately asked her if she had been vaccinated. My daughter said no. They then told her that she could not go into the ER without a mask. They were very hostile to my daughter and grandchild. My daughter was very worried and anxious. She and my grandchild went into the bathroom before being seen by the doctor, and the ABCs of salvation was taped to the inside bathroom stall, and it had your name on it. Whoever put that on that bathroom stall in Southern California, that's why you chose that stall. You probably put them in all the stalls, praise the Lord, but that stall in particular. She continues, as soon as my daughter saw the message in the bathroom stall, she knew it was a sign from God that she and my grandchild would be protected and that God was with them. My daughter's fear left her and she became relaxed and at peace. While in the ER, she was repeatedly asked to allow them to test our grandchild for COVID. My daughter said no and did not consent to that test. They sent in multiple nurses and doctors wanting to test my grandchild. My daughter kept saying, no, I do not consent. The doctors and nurses were more concerned about testing for COVID than treating my grandchild for severe dehydration. The doctors finally gave our very young grandchild an IV, and our grandchild became very stable due to the hydration. The nurse told my daughter that their hospital was full and that my grandchild needed to go to a children's hospital and that she would need to be tested for COVID because they were going to make her go in a helicopter because all the ambulances were backed up. My daughter said no, she did not consent to the COVID test and the nurse threatened to call Child Protective Services on my daughter. My daughter told her that they could take my grandchild by ambulance to the children's hospital, but that she would not allow the COVID test. The doctors and nurses finally gave up and allowed our grandchild to be transported to the hospital via ambulance while her parents drove behind the ambulance. I'd have been in the driver's seat of that ambulance. Once at the children's hospital, doctors and nurses were pushing for COVID tests again. And my daughter said, no, I do not consent. After a short while, the doctors and nurses stopped asking and started to treat our grandchild for the condition which had made her sick, not COVID. Our grandchild was released from the hospital after a few days and is back to being a normal, healthy child. Praise God. My daughter got her courage from God and was walking in His truths. I just wanted to share this encouraging story with you and to others. God bless you. I want to uh, say one last thing, and then we'll, we'll be done. And I appreciate your patience. The people that are getting sick are the masked and the vaxxed. I hope you know that. You're not being told that. Let's talk about masks just briefly, okay? And we have the data. 
It's all downloadable on the website. But when you wear a mask for a prolonged period of time, you're destroying your respiratory system. And you're destroying your immune system. You cannot breathe in your own air for prolonged periods of time. It will destroy your immune system. And you'll develop a lung disease and pneumonia, not to mention everything else. Let's talk about this so-called vaccine. It started, let's say, in January, just for purpose of discussion, under the banner of Operation Warp Speed. Here we are nine months into it. About three months into it, we began hearing from experts who really knew what they were talking about. And they were saying that depending on the genome and a myriad of factors, it'll just be a matter of time before this mRNA is replicated in every cell of the body. For some, it'll be quicker than for others. But eventually, once that is replicated in every cell of the body, the internal organs shut down and it's game over. We're already starting to see it happen. So these uh, numbers that you're being told, these hospitals that are uh, full, they're not quote-unquote unvaxxed. They're the vaxxed. Let me take it one step further. Bear with me, please. This is a big issue, and I've been really, this last week, just, uh, uh, just really talking to the Lord about it. The transmission via the spike protein from those who have gotten the jab is what's making us sick. I think I said this last week, I'm going to say it again this week. Nobody has ever gotten sick at this church because of this church being in this church, ever. Do you want to know why? Well, first of all, it's the Lord. But secondly, uh, we hug and kiss and slobber on each other. You know what that does, by the way, right? You can do your own research. It releases these God-given hormones and chemicals, and, and it boosts your immune system. Isolation, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. And then you can't breathe. How, how's that help, helping? the depletion of oxygen. And then you can't sing. Just do a, a little research on just singing. Do you know that the only time you're using, I'm going way off. I'm almost done. This will be my final closing. When you sing, you're using both the left and right side of the brain. God made us, created us for worship. What do you think we're going to be doing for all eternity? We're going to be singing, worshiping Him before the throne. No, don't sing. Shoot me now. I can't sing? No. I can't breathe? No. I can't go out? No. I have to stay isolated? Yes. All by myself? Yes. Get to wear a mask? Yes. 
well, you're basically doing everything to kill me. And then the final kill shot, as it's been called, is the so-called jab, as it's called. I'm just saying, you know, I have asthma, I have allergies. Um, and man, if anybody was going to get sick, it would be me. But you know, if I have to wear a mask, first of all, I found, I should, probably shouldn't say this, but I found a mask that you can actually breathe through. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I went into Costco and I was wearing one of those, you know, masks. And I, I, I was running through the aisles because I'd only be in there for a certain amount of time before I'm in upper respiratory distress. So I would go down an aisle where there was nobody, which in Costco, Evile, there's always somebody. <laughs> so I would take it down, <laughs> put it back up, get some more stuff, put it in the cart. <laughs> Run. I actually, one time it was so bad, I had to leave my cart, go outside, breathe, come back in so I could check out. I wasn't going to make it. Anyway, I got a hold of this mask. See me after. <laughs> actually, don't see me after, because, but, so I wore it the last time I went to Costco. I forgot I had it on. The only reason I remembered I was wearing a mask is because I had an itch, and I went to it. Oh, that's right, I had a mask. I itched that nose and put that thing back up. <laughs> I could breathe. And here's the other thing too. You know when you're talking through these things, you know, they're, ah, they're doing these press conferences. I might as well. I mean, it's already too late. They're doing these press conferences. You, did you watch that press conference? All seven hours of it? And they're talking, What'd you say? Okay, I really did it. So why don't you stand? <laughs> we'll have the worship team come up. Maybe good to end on a laughter humorous. You know, laughter's medicinal too. And by the way, if you notice, you cannot see a smile on a person's face when they got a mask on. I smile at people and they look at me like, what? I was smiling at you. <laughs> okay, last, last thing, babies. I did studies on this when our children were born. Um, they have to see for their brain development the facial expressions. They have to see the whole face of the mother in particular for their brains to develop. We were doing so good. I would have to end with that one. You know what? Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Father in heaven, thank you so much for, first of all, the patience on the part of your people in this, your church. And 
Lord, I just want to ask you to come, Jesus, quickly. Because looking at what's happening, I don't know how much longer this can go on. I know there are many, perhaps even some here today in the church, but certainly online, that don't know how much longer they can go on. And so Lord, I just pray that today you would lift them up, renew their strength, love on them. And for anyone who has never called upon you, believed in you, I pray that today is the day of their salvation. In Jesus' name, Amen.